Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. This week's topic is let's talk about sex. And before we get into it, I want to check in and ask if you did your homework. I really hope that you took time this past week to share your true feelings, your authentic feelings with someone or a few people, or if you did not have someone you felt comfortable sharing with that you journaled about your feelings beyond I'm fine or I'm good. So now let's shift uh, to a really important topic uh, in our journey home, and that is our sexual lives and our sexual identities Uh, Because when we talk about disconnection from the self and the journey home, a part of coming home to yourself is not only uh, mentally, which we've discussed, emotionally, which we've discussed, socially, which we've discussed, culturally, which we've discussed, but also sexually. So uh, the unfortunate reality is many of us are shut down and disconnected from our bodies. And the source of that disconnection can be multiple pathways, um, but the reality is if we take inventory about our sexual agency, our sexual awareness, um, our body comfort, or our body shame, All of those things will give us important information about how connected or disconnected we are from ourselves. So what uh, are some of the signs that I am disconnected from my sexual self? Uh, One of those signs is if my associations with sex are all negative or bad. Um, if I am uncomfortable with my body, if I think about sex as a weapon or a tool, uh, so a weapon to, uh, to be used against people or a tool to get what I want, um, or if in order to engage in sexual intimacy, I have to be drunk or high, uh, that is a sign of disconnection. Um, If during uh, intimacy I have a lot of flashbacks, uh, that can also be uh, connected to to being disconnected. It can be an indicator of disconnection. And so um, my desire, my hope for you is that you can come home to yourself, to that place of uh, accepting, celebrating, acknowledging, yourself and being able to uh, recognize and articulate, uh, speak about your reality as a sexual being uh, without a sense of uh, shame or judgment about that. 
So what are some of the causes of our disconnection from ourselves sexually? Uh, one of the biggest causes is sexual trauma. And so uh, when you grew up uh, with experiences of molestation, of child sexual abuse, um, one of the ways that people get through that, one of the ways that children uh, sometimes cope with that in the moment is something in psychology we call dis dissociation. And dissociation is when I disconnect from myself. So as you imagine, as a child, uh, you likely cannot physically get away. Uh, most of the time, uh, the perpetrator or the molester is uh, a family member or a friend of the family or someone who has access to you, a teacher or a coach. And so when I cannot physically escape, then um, I sometimes will escape in my mind. And so the child may find themselves either daydreaming, staring up in the ceiling, staring up at the stars outside. Uh, they may find themselves uh, feeling disconnected really from themselves where they're almost floating above the bed and watching themselves as it happens. Um, and so when I uh, had to survive, by mentally checking out or disconnecting, um, that can be a survival strategy that if you had to do that uh, multiple times can become your automatic. And so then whenever it is um, an instance of uh, sexual intimacy, you without planning to, without meaning to, without uh, deciding to, you check out. And so that can be a source um, of the disconnection. And that not only happens with uh, childhood sexual abuse, but also sexual assault that happens as an adult. And so when people are in danger, uh, sometimes they go into fight mode. Uh, sometimes people go into trying to flee. Uh, sometimes they go into dissociation or disconnection, um, which we also call freeze. So uh, some of us, if we are honest, our experiences with sexual intimacy um, are ones of being very passive um, and being frozen and waiting for it to be over. I work with uh, many clients who um, end up in relationships or you know after marriage and they come in and they care about their partner they love them um, but they are disconnected from themselves sexually so that also shows up in them being disconnected uh, in terms of the sexual relationship uh, not only does assault um, lead to disconnection or sexual abuse lead to disconnection, um, it can also uh, give people the idea that all people will want from me is my body, that it is like my only good thing, or it is um, the only thing that will about me that would make someone want me. And so when uh, we have developed that idea, which often comes from experiences or comments people have made, um, then our relationship with ourselves as sexual beings can be um, this sense of I need to give myself 
uh, sexually very early on as a way to get someone to be interested in me. That it, that is basically uh, my talent or my gift or something that I can be praised for. And so um, if that is not um, quickly offered, that people will not find interest in me. Um, they won't find value or worth in me because that is the sum total of my worth. So we want to think about our, um, in, uh, when we think of self-esteem, there are different domains of self-esteem. So you might feel um, very confident, let's say, about uh, yourself in terms of making conversation or making friends socially, but not feel so confident in terms of your intelligence. Or you might feel very confident in your beauty, um, but not feel uh, very confident um, when it comes to um, being able to relate to people or be compassionate or for people to like you. So you might feel beautiful, but not likable, right? So there are different domains of self-esteem. So when it comes to sexual intimacy, you wanna think about um, what is my self-regard of myself? What is my self-regard as it relates to me being a sexual being? And how does that compare to my self-regard in the other areas of my life? So do, which ones do, which aspects of myself do I feel um, positive about? And which aspects do I feel lacking or insecure in? And so when uh, the other categories are low, but I have been reinforced that that's kind of the one good thing about me, um, then often, you know, people will, uh, excuse the term, play into their strengths. So feeling like that's, that's my thing, right? Um, and so that creates um, a disconnection of such uh, with the body or with the self uh, because sexual intimacy then becomes performative. So when it is about performance and uh, traditionally that message a lot was given to uh, men and uh, increasingly that message is also being given to women um, that it's less so about intimacy but more so about tricks right so uh, this idea of I have to perform as opposed to really being present and we know performance uh, is not the same as being right uh, a performance is something I put on in uh, service to another person and so if I am performing for you um, I am in service to your entertainment or your enjoyment but I am disconnected from myself and so uh, sometimes uh, we don't even know uh, connecting with last week uh, what we feel what we desire what we need, what we don't like, uh, that we have not uh, not only given been given permission to speak about it, but even to acknowledge it or know it within ourselves. I want to mention that I have uh, worked with sex trafficking survivors, um, and one survivor was sharing with me how uh, her first uh, sexual experience, uh, which was violation, uh, was a neighbor. Um, a neighbor on her block who started molesting her as a very young child and after he would molest her he would give her candy 
Uh, and then uh, in middle school, uh, she got picked up in front of her school from um, a guy who uh, presented himself to be a boyfriend, even though he was uh, much older. Um, and he ended up being a trafficker. So he uh, physically beat her, uh, raped her, and then forced her um, to uh, pick up clients uh, or to go with clients that he had arranged, other uh, consumers. And uh, so she, her experience with sexual intimacy was always transactional. So I, uh, they take my body and they give me something candy or money. So she was describing how after she exited uh, escape sex trafficking, how she had to fight herself in a regular relationship because she would get mad after sex that they don't give you anything. Right? So she wants intimacy, she wants relationship, but her whole socialization has been, it is an exchange and the sex is something that I quote unquote give, even though as a minor it was being taken, right? You can't consent as a minor. But it, uh, that the sex is something you give or is taken and uh, then they give you something uh, monetarily in return. So she was saying she would find herself angry after sex because she would feel used because the person, the partner, had not given her like shoes or money or anything. Now, while that may, for some of us, uh, sound like a situation very different from your uh, reality, I want to say that there are uh, numerous people who were raised with this ice, this uh, mindset of transaction, of um, a certain number of dates, or paying your rent, or a pair of shoes, or what is it you're supposed to receive to give your body? Um, so I want, uh, I invite you to think about how have you viewed sexual intimacy and do you view it as um, mutual or is it something that you give to someone but you don't think of it as receiving anything or is it something that has been taken from you but you never think about what it means to decide to share yourself and what it means to receive another person so even our ideas around intimacy have been uh, largely shaped by direct and indirect messages that we have received. Not only that, many um, of you listening are from religious communities and uh, in faith communities, often there is this uh, languaging around the body as being uh, sinful, uh, demonic, uh, the flesh is something terrible that you're supposed to fight, um, that it is uh, an evil thing uh, that you're supposed to rebuke. All of these, it, it's a lot of negative associations. And then as soon as people get married, they're supposed to flip a switch and suddenly love it, right? So, uh, you know, when they're young people or even adults who are single, the message is fight your flesh, fight your flesh, the flesh, flesh is bad. And then uh, when they're in covenant relationship, suddenly they're supposed to not only love it, but be good at it. 
So I work uh, with many clients who uh, have to unpack uh, their relationship with their bodies because the truth is God created it, right? God created these bodies. So there's something you may want to look up called uh, embodied spirituality or embodied healing. And what it is, is recognizing the sacredness and the beauty of our bodies, that um, our, uh, our identities as spiritual beings are not like we're spirits floating around disconnected from a flesh, right? But that we are whole beings, mind, body, heart, spirit. And so um, sexuality, while it uh, can be used in an abusive way, while it can be used in a uh, demeaning way or a violent way at its core, right? Its intention um, is one um, of beauty, right? One of connection, one of sacredness, uh, one of love. So you want to think about uh, even when I say the word sex, what your associations are with it. So those who aren't uh, particularly religious, the associations may be all positive and pleasurable. Or if you've experienced violence or trauma, that might be the immediate association. Or those who have been told very negative things about the body, those might be your immediate associations. But whatever you connect with that uh, word or with intimacy, it's going to show up. It's going to show up in your ability uh, to be present, in your ability to have pleasure, uh, in your ability uh, to really share. And so uh, we want to really consider deconstructing a lot of the barriers that keep us from acknowledging and celebrating ourselves uh, as sexual beings um, and being able to, I would say, uh, be joyful or celebrative or even present, right, with ourselves. Another barrier to our uh, coming home to ourselves sexually is body shame. Body shame is so real um, we even have a term sizeism, uh, dis uh, discrimination um, against people based on their size and the messages that we get um, directly and indirectly about what's uh, desirable or undesirable. And can I tell you, it is so ridiculous and outrageous that even when you see a supermodel, they will tell a supermodel we can't take your picture until like an hour of makeup, right? <laughs> You're a supermodel and you, even you, are not beautiful enough to get a picture without us uh, painting your face for an hour um, or more. Uh, not only that, then after, after that, they airbrush them, right? So all of the um, fixing our pictures and people make jokes about that now on these dating apps and they'll say, um, you know, it's a glossy version or it's a fake picture or it's a, it's an altered picture. Um, and so, uh, when from very early we have been told to, uh, have shame, um, 
about our physical selves that you know all of the critique about your breast size about your butt about uh, your stomach about your legs like all of these messages that are on repeat right daily daily repeat and then uh, you are to actually uh, take that same body that has been shamed or scorned uh, and to share it with someone else uh, without shame. And so what that ends up looking like is uh, many people who need like all the lights off, who need to be covered, either keeping clothes on or have to always have the sheet because we're hiding. So how can I really be free in intimacy and with myself if even in this very intimate moment, I feel I have to hide me to be acceptable? Uh, it is so painful because I want to share that a part of that shaming is not only messages people have gotten from their family, it's not only from media, it's not even from your enemies, uh, but some have received those shaming messages from actual partners. So what does it mean for you to share yourself with someone who uh, then ridicules your body, right? Or makes comments about your body or um, discusses desiring um, people who look the opposite of you uh, because uh, you are somehow unacceptable or less. Uh, and so, is it any wonder that we have become disconnected from our bodies, from ourselves as sexual beings, as we list all of these realities? The pressure to perform, the shame about our bodies, uh, molestation, sexual assault, um, teaching directly and indirectly that it's a transaction and uh, that particularly uh, people will often say as women um, that, you know, the idea that you're not getting anything out of it. So you have to get something um, outside of the space of intimacy that makes people earn uh, it because it's not for you. Um, I will never forget you all. I've been on uh, women's retreats and I facilitate women's retreats. And uh, I was on a women's retreat and every year uh, they would separate, they would be part of the workshops that were together. And then they would separate us and um, single women would go into one workshop and married women would go into a different workshop. And so I remember uh, the first time I got to go to the married women's workshop. And y'all, I was so excited, right? I was newlywed. I'm like, oh, I'm about to get the real, <laughs> I'm about to get the real information. I went to this, uh, to the Married Women's Workshop, and it was taught by this older woman. And can I tell you, it was the worst workshop I have ever attended in my life, in my life. She stood up there and said, there are going to be times that you don't desire your husband, but you go in that bathroom and you put on that negligee and you pray, God, help me desire my husband and you get out there and you do it. And can I tell you all the women in the group were amen, amen. I'm like, what, what in the world is this? It was all about 
duty and obligation and um, and you've got to do it to make sure that they don't go with somebody else and all of this, but there, there was no joy in the room. There was no joy in the room. So I, you know, felt like I, I would like to teach that workshop. <laughs> I would like to teach this workshop because this, this place uh, that so many are in is not it. It's not it. It's not uh, just um, a duty or an obligation or a performance in hopes that uh, somebody will be faithful to you, but it's about you too, right? It's about uh, your awakening and your connection and your pleasure and your joy and your release, right? So I invite you to think about how you understand uh, intimacy, how much you are aware of what you need or what you like and your comfort uh, in sharing that. I want to also uh, challenge us to think about uh, our freedom and our liberty uh, simply because sometimes the way some people are defining liberty can sound a lot like bondage. And what I mean by that is when I hear people say, um, well, I want to be able, I want to learn how to have uh, sex without my feelings attached, or I want to learn how to have sex um, and it not be a big deal, right? Well, I would just ask, what's the root of that goal? Is it that you have been intimate with people who have hurt your feelings, so now you're trying to become like them? and be disconnected. So uh, when my goal is disconnection from me and calling that freedom, I'm not so sure uh, that's freedom. That we uh, want to think about coming home to ourselves in each area of my life. That I want to be authentic and present and respected and respect myself in each area of my life, including my sexual life. For me to be in that space authentically, being totally aware in the moment of my feelings uh, about me and about my uh, presence in this space. So for those who have experienced uh, sexual trauma, who end up having a lot of flashbacks during intimacy, um, I just want to give you a couple of pointers. Um, one that will seem obvious after I say it, um, open your eyes and turn on a light. Right? It doesn't have to be a bright light, but a lot of times when we have experienced trauma, um, uh, because you are being touched sexually, uh, you can go back to some painful places, some painful memories, and so to stay present, it helps to open your eyes and see who you are with, right? Open your eyes so you can see where you are and who you are with, 
and uh, you can have a, a light on in the room as well so that you can see that, you know, this, this is where I am. That was then, and this is now. And I am choosing, I am present. Uh, no one is taking something from me. Um, I would also encourage you to think about, are there certain positions or movements that are more triggering? and uh, sharing that with your partner uh, because uh, people don't know. And so for some people, it may be a perpetrator came up from, to you from behind. So you don't like someone to suddenly come up to you from behind. So being able to say that um, and uh, giving yourself patience for the process because what it will be is some things are more comfortable for you. And so you do like a scale of even if there are things that you want to work up to being able to do, but right now that is overwhelming um, to, to acknowledge, first of all, what, what the ways in which you are able to be present and enjoy. Um, and then the steps, you know, of what feels a little uh, more risky or a little scarier um, and to be able to and that's why it's important to have a partner who actually cares about you and respects you so that you can talk about that um, and for them to uh, be compassionate being compassionate and let me say for some of you who are uh, listening who are partners of trauma survivors sometimes you can know someone's a trauma survivor before them even telling you um, by how they are in that intimate space. Um, and so uh, it's really important not to, uh, one, not taking it personally, as sometimes we'll think like, oh, they must not uh, be into me. Um, or on the other side, putting um, rapid pressure on people uh, of, of making all these demands when you can see someone is struggling, right? Um, so if you actually want to be with them uh, and are a caring person and that will be a process of you all uh, growing and healing together and I encourage the survivor to do uh, individual counseling and you all can also think about couples counseling. So as we consider coming home to our uh, sexual selves, coming home to ourselves as sexual beings, I want you to think about uh, three positive adjectives to describe sex. Three positive adjectives to describe sex. And for some of you, that's not going to be hard at all. You got 10 and you're ready to give 20. And for some of you, you have to kind of work toward it, right, of what, what is good about this? What can be good about this? What is potentially positive about this, right? Um, and giving ourselves also an awareness of what are, uh, what is my current level of what we call sexual agency? So my agency is my ability um, to do, to claim myself, to name uh, my needs, to be aware, to be active and engaged. Um, and so where am I uh, in terms of my 
connection with myself and what is a goal I have for me. So not a goal that your spouse has for you, uh, not a goal that um, the media has for you or your girlfriends or friends have for you, but for yourself, what is uh, one way that you want to come home to yourself sexually? So that may be uh, releasing the body shame and being, and I want to say this, this is not contingent on, well, I'm going to release the body shame when, you know, I'm a size two, right? So no, uh, really considering how I can celebrate me, how I can come home to me in my current state, in my current reality. And then uh, really considering the ways that you think about the connection between yourself as a spiritual being, a psychological being, and a sexual being. What is the connection with your mind, your heart, your body, and your spirit? And which aspects of you are you most comfortable with? And which aspects of you are you less comfortable with? I want to... uh, address one more issue before we get to homework in our closure. Um, two more things. Uh, one is some uh, people have issues uh, with fidelity, faithfulness, um, and a part of it is a can be a fear of being known. So when I don't really want anybody to be too close to me, then I juggle multiple people to keep everybody at a distance. Or when I don't think, I don't connect sex with intimacy, but more um, a challenge or an accomplishment, and I just want to accumulate as many as possible, consume as many as possible, there are many adjectives people use, as many as possible, but um, I am actually not comfortable with real intimacy. I'm only comfortable with performance. So that requires um, a healing of my emotional self uh, so that uh, if I actually have the desire to be not only at home with me, but to be able to be at home in the presence of another. Some people don't want that. But if you actually have a desire for connection and authentic, not only physical, but emotional or spiritual uh, connection, uh, then that requires healing uh, those myths and mindsets uh, so that we can really show up in that space. Uh, The last pointer that I want to give is um, around pornography. And um, when, and I'll talk plain, uh, when your ejaculation or, um, or your orgasm has been uh, trained on pornography, it can be difficult to deal with real people because um, in pornography, uh, one, you can take different parts of people So you might like uh, this person's breast and this person's butt and this person's lips and, you know, you can mix and match. Uh, Not only that, the people in pornography always want you. 
uh, unless people are watching pornographies, uh, uh, videos of, of rape scenes. Um, but you're dealing with uh, uh, people who are always ready. Night or day, they're always ready and they always want you. Um, and then it can also be a lot about performance and tricks. So then when you get into an actual relationship uh, with a real person, with a real body, with real feelings or needs or desires or different levels of uh, sex drive, uh, some people have difficulty adjusting. And so then they can have partners um, but still need that in uh, that other space because they uh, find it frustrating to deal with humanity. And I encourage you to really consider um, if that has been um, a large part of your sexual life, how that may shape the way you show up in the space and what your expectations are and how you respond uh, to an actual human partner in the flesh, in the present, right? Um, and so even around your expectations, not only of them, but of yourselves, right? Sometimes we have false expect expectations or um, our myths about what intimacy is supposed to look like um, based on what you have seen uh, in those media spaces. So we all can be disconnected while we are physically connecting. Isn't that something? That you can have had multiple physical partners and no spirit connection, no heart connection, no mind connection. And so what that ends up requiring is turning off parts of yourself. Um, I would like you to consider what it would mean to be able to be fully present, what that would require from you, from someone else, for all of you, for all of you to be welcomed, welcome in that space, to be able to show up in truth, to be able to show up in beauty, to be able to show up in joy and to be able to show up with some of the hangups or insecurities or fears or discomforts, all that you are, to be able to live your truth even in your space of intimacy. I am so excited that you all shared on today in this really important topic. And I want to offer you uh, your homework. And this homework, I'd like you to journal. I'd like you to journal about uh, your journey as a sexual being. Where did you get the messages about what sexual intimacy is all about? Um, was it from other uh, kids you were growing up with? Um, what did your uh, parents or caretakers tell you? What did your religion teach you? Uh, what did the media teach you? 
What did pornography teach you? What did former partners say to you? Uh, and what of that do you resonate with and hold on to as truth? And uh, what of that is no longer uh, a part of who you want to be? So really taking inventory, not only of where you are, but how you got there. I celebrate you, every aspect of you, I celebrate it and I am excited about all of you coming home to you. So after all you have been through, the disappointment in relationships, the loneliness, the molestation, the assault, the body shame, the performances, after all you've been through, I invite your soul to tell your mind, heart, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.